You're listening to the Sunday Schmooze with the Rabbi and the CEO, brought to you by Morse Life Health System, the gold standard in senior living. With your host, Rabbi Dolvid Vigler of Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens and CEO Mitch Zachary of Zachary Financial Consultants. Join the show through email by emailing rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Watch the show on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash gardensrabbi. Now your host, Rabbi Dolvid Vigler and CEO Mitch Zachary. Separating the facts from the fiction and the Bubba Meisters from the bottom line, you're listening to the Sunday Schmooze with the rabbi and the CEO. Filling in for Mitch Zachary, our CEO, is our producer, Steve Lapa, CEO of Lapcom Communications. I'm Rabbi David Vigler of Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens, where you'll find traditional Jewish values for contemporary Jews just like you. Learn about us online at www.jewishgardens.com. That's www.jewishgardens.com. If you've got a comment or a thought or, a, or some feedback you'd like to share with me, I would love to hear with you. To, to, I would love to hear from you if you could send me an email to rabbi at jewishgardens.com that's rabbi at jewishgardens.com we just had some great feedback from a a woman in the community who has uh, been uncomfortable in uh, in shul hasn't found her place in a Jewish synagogue and she heard us on the radio and she felt that uh, this might just be the right place for her so if you also if you feel that you've got some thoughts or comments or questions please do send me an email to rabbi at jewishgardens.com that's rabbi at jewishgardens.com how you doing Steve? I'm doing great I, I can't imagine a woman going to shul and feeling lost or uncomfortable I can't I just can't imagine I I I can't imagine that. It's supposed to be an environment that's welcoming and embracing and and really a, a spiritual environment. But the idea that a woman would be sitting there and feeling judged and uncomfortable, a shanda. You know, I think it's got a lot to do with the shepherd. You need someone to guide you. You need someone to take you there. And if you come alone, you could be a little lost. I just want you to know that at Chabad, we, are, we try so hard. The rabbis, the rebbitzins, the members of the community try so hard to make you feel warm and welcome. It's really important to us. When you walk into a Chabad, I just want you to know, we see you as a brother and a sister. We might never have met before, but it doesn't make any difference. You are a part of our family like some long-lost brother or sister coming back home. And at the moment you walk in those doors, we want you to know that you belong. This is your home. Baruch Haba. Welcome. That's what you're going to experience at any Chabad in the world and most certainly here at the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens where we welcome you to come home, to make yourself at home, to feel like you belong. You know, Steve, as a CEO, you've done amazing things in your life. You've owned radio stations and you've come from incredibly humble beginnings to some amazing heights. I know if you saw how you've told me about how your father would wash windows for a living. Sounds quite terrifying for myself uh, with my fear of heights. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to wash windows. <laughs> I would never be able to get up on that scaffolding. My kids literally had to force me onto Ferris wheel. <laughs> but coming from, from uh, an immigrant family to the point where you owned half of the radio stations in uh, Palm Beach County <laughs> or in <laughs> South Florida, I think it's an incredible okay. achievement. And I think that at the end of the day, it started off with an ambitious idea. 
It started off with some sort of a dream that you had. Can you, I mean, would you agree to that? I think, you know, like anything else, I think it comes really from a motivation that's driven by three things, right? Three very basic things. One is accomplishment. The other is a belief that you can do something and make a difference. And then I think the third thing is a supportive environment. I think that's very, very important. So for me at least, you know, parents that weren't born here and didn't have any resources at all, um, you you kind of look at that and go, wow, they came here with absolutely nothing. They escaped a Holocaust. They survived. What can I possibly complain about? What 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 can I bring to them that's worse than what they've seen or what they've been through? And that actually fed a motivation of, you know what, I have an open path, I can achieve, I can just, if I work hard, and I was never, ever, to this day, at my dinner table, I am not the smartest person at the dinner table. <laughs> my three children are much smarter than I am, my wife is much smarter than I am, but I'm the hardest worker in the room. Hmm. And that was my philosophy, just hard work, stay focused, one idea, and just stay on that course and all good things would come. And, you know, for me, it, it worked out. It doesn't work out for other people, but it was that whole idea of, I don't want to be on the radio, I want to own the radio station. I don't want to... What a great idea. Right? I don't want to be on the radio, I want to own the radio station. Right. Most most people in our field aspire to be the guy talking and playing, in those days, playing the records and, you know, being the popular guy. I just looked at it and said... <laughs> You know, that's cool, but I want to own that thing. Even cooler. Right. <laughs> so there you go. One idea. One idea is what changed your life and your family forever. And I can say the same thing for myself. You know, I'm a South African kid, married my wife, who's half Italian, half New York. And we together had a dream. We had a vision, an idea. The idea was to create a spiritual home for every Jew in Palm Beach Gardens. And we put everything, we threw everything we had at it. Resources, time, creativity, energy, blood, sweat, and tears. And thank God we've built this most beautiful, magnificent community right here at the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens, which is just growing in leaps and bounds. Thank God. It's just so amazing to see what started off as just an idea. So intangible. So abstract. And it just came to bear such beautiful fruit, I feel it's just the beginning. You know, it got me thinking, how has one thought the ability to change your life? What's the next big thing that's going to happen in your life that can be guided by nothing more than just a thought? What's that dream? What's that ambition that if you only had the courage to embrace, to believe, to run after and pursue could be the next big thing in your life? Here we are, we're standing, you know, just before, well, not just before, we're, we're, we're getting ready for the high holidays. We're getting ready for a new year, for a new season. It's a whole new energy. And the question is, what's going to be different about this new year? How is this Rosh Hashanah 
That's in 10 weeks. How is this Rosh Hashanah going to be different to every other Rosh Hashanah? You know, Rosh Hashanah is a time when you get together and you make your New Year's resolutions and you make your commitments. This year is going to be different. This year is going to be better. This year is going to be the best. But what's that dream? Now is the time to think about that dream. Not just, you know, when you're on Rosh Hashanah. But now as we're starting to think about it, as we're starting to think about the New Year, what's the dream? What's the idea that can change you and your family forever? And what... what is the difference between having that dream and keeping on it and staying with it and focusing on achieving that and giving up? What is it that causes people to just throw in the towel and say, I can't do this? You know, I think, Steve, that I think that they might, the reason why a person might dismiss or abandon a dream is because they dismiss it as just a dream. And they don't appreciate the power of a single thought. That it is actually very real. It's actually very tangible and extremely powerful. I want to illustrate with a story from this week's Torah portion. The Torah tells us a very painful story of a mutiny against the greatest Jew who ever lived. I'm talking about Moses. I mean, Moses is the guy that took us out of Egypt. He crippled the mighty Egyptian empire down to her knees. The superpower of the world at that time, 3,331 years ago, the Egyptian pharaohs were the White House of their times. And Moses brings upon them 10 devastating plagues. He breaks the Jews out of Egypt. He splits open the Red Sea. He rains manna, which is this miracle food, this bread out of heaven, which sustains them for 40 years in the desert. And to top it off, he gives them water from a rock. And here they are. You know, the Jews are traveling through the desert for 40 years, pretty comfortable, if I may say so. You know, they're getting food, water, air conditioning. It's all good. They had air conditioning. They were the clouds of glory. They were protecting them from the sun, you know, taking care of them. This is the world, the first recorded air conditioning in all of history. And here they are. And the Jews found a reason to complain against Moses. They rebelled against him. There was his, ne- his cousin, whose name was Korach. And Korach felt that Moses was exercising nepotism. He was giving out the... Uh, positions of authority to his own immediate family members and he wasn't spreading it to his cousin to Korach so Korach was a very charismatic speaker very influential he managed to arouse a rebellion of 250 heads of the community and these guys lead this awful mutiny against Moses in the Torah portion this week Very, very sad story. Moses tries to appease them. He sees it's going nowhere. Eventually, he puts it to the test. He says, listen, all I can do is tell you that God appointed me to this position and I only do what God says. And to prove it to you, he says, look, if this community of rebels will uh, will die an unusual death, it will be a sign that what I'm saying is true. And if nothing happens to them, then what I'm saying is not true. And right then, the earth opens up. I'm imagining some sort of an earthquake. 
and they or, or you know in Florida we can relate to a sinkhole right here in Florida this is one of the, the greatest nightmares of Floridians is a sinkhole right which opens up literally beneath your feet and you have entire cars or houses that are swallowed up in the earth we the Floridians can relate to this more than anyone else in the world that's what happens in the Torah there's a sinkhole that opens up and the entire community of rebels is swallowed up in the earth including Korach and his entire family but the Torah does tell us that the three sons of Korach, Korach has three sons. These three men, though they fall into the sinkhole, they land on some sort of a, of a ledge where there they are given the opportunity to repent and eventually they left the sinkhole and they uh, were able to marry their children. And one of their most famous descendants, actually, is Samuel the prophet. You've heard of Samuel the prophet. He was the one who anointed the first and second king of Israel, King Saul, King David. The, the prophet Samuel was descended from Korach, even though he was swallowed up in the sinkhole because the three sons of Korach survived the sinkhole. Now, I know, I know, Steve, it's a little difficult to relate to the story. Can you relate to the sinkhole metaphor? In a certain, you know, I think in a certain mindset, yes. But I guess the question would be, what was it about those three sons that allowed them to wind up on that ledge? They were different to all the other rebels of Korach's uh, crew. Whilst all the others really believed in the rebellion and really were attacking Moses. These three sons of Korach, the Torah tells us, had a hirhur teshuva. In Hebrew, that means a thought of repentance. They had a thought of regret. That's all. That's the only thing that separated the three sons of Korach from the other rebels in the Torah portion this week. Was merely the power of one thought when they said to themselves a double take like am I sure I want to do this that regret that thought is the reason that they were granted a ledge in the sinkhole of the rebellion of Korach while they were able to ultimately emerge marry have children and have their most famous descendant, Samuel. And by the way, they went on to write, they actually authored through, uh, 11 of the Psalms of King David. You'll notice through 11 of those Psalms, one of which we actually read just before the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Here we read a Psalm seven times. It's a Psalm composed by the sons of Korach, as is immortalized in the opening verse of those 11 Psalms. So the only thing, Steve, that separated the three sons of Korach who survived the unnatural death of the rebellion of Korach was the power of one single thought. This is the power of an idea. An idea can change you spiritually. It can change you financially. It can change your happiness. You know, I, I counsel a lot of marriages. A lot of people that aren't unhappy in their marriages. And you know, when, you, when I counsel these people and I just am able to listen to them very, very carefully, but then I give them an idea, a new way of thinking of their spouse, it's incredible. 
it can totally turn the lights on in a marriage. When I, as a third party, as a counselor, am able to help a couple understand each other's problem from an unbiased and distant perspective, when I'm able to explain to each other where they're coming from and what they're so desperately seeking, by just giving them that idea, you can actually turn a, a marriage from dark into light, from unhappy into happy. It's incredible. For, for me, it's one of the most rewarding things that I do as a rabbi. And that, Steve, is the power of an idea, of one single thought, which just like the sons of Korah was able to change their lives, one thought can change the world. I believe it was William Arthur Ward who said, he, he was an author in the 20th century, he said, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. The only question is, if you have the courage to identify your dream and to throw everything you have at it. That's the power of an idea. That's the power of a thought. So how many people really follow through? How many people, how many of us just at some point lose that dream, just let go? Isn't that what a midlife crisis is? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't reached there yet. But I'm thinking that, that that might be what a midlife crisis is. A midlife crisis is when you realize, you know what? I am what I am. And that's it. I'm not going to be everything that I dreamed I would be. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I just recently turned 39 last week. And, you know, someone was telling me recently that at 40, you are what you are. Whatever you are at 40 is what you're going to be for the rest of your life. And I refuse to accept that. I don't believe that. I don't agree. So I turned to a friend of mine, a member of the community. He's 84 years old. I said to him, Ed, tell me, is it true that at 40, you are what you are? He just chuckled. And he said, Rabbi, I'm 84 years old and I'm still reinventing myself. I said to him, enough said. Why do people give up on their dreams? I think because, Steve, they don't appreciate the power of what one thought can do. Look what one thought did to Samuel the prophet. He would never have been born if not for that single thought. The regret of the sons of Korah. A thousand years, well no, less than a thousand, maybe 600 years before he was ever even conceived. The first king of Israel, Saul. The second king of Israel, David, would never have been anointed, appointed by Samuel the prophet if not for the single thought, which was from the sons of Korah, that thought of regret. Your thought right here, right now, is tangible, it's real. You know, if you think about it, what's your thought made out of? It's energy. It's energy, right? When you think a lot about something, you become very tired. It takes a lot of energy to think deeply about things. And energy is what every single thing, every substance in the universe is made out of. With nanotechnology, with a microscope, you're able to look at a table, and what do you see when you look at the table in the microscope? You see atoms and electrons running around the nucleus. It's like these tiny, tiny solar systems which are constantly in motion. The only difference between a, between a solid, a liquid, and a gas is the density of the atoms which are moving in constant motion. 
So a thought is energy, just like anything which is tangible is made up of energy. When you realize that thoughts are tangible, that thoughts are real, you'll, you'll be able to be emboldened and encouraged by the realization of the profundity of the words of that author I just quoted, William Arthur Ward. He wasn't just saying something which sounds cute. He says, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. What I understand he was saying was that if you can only identify your dream, you're halfway there because your dream itself is tangible. Your dream is actually real. He wasn't just giving us, you know, a slap on the sh shoulder, giving us encouragement when he said, if you can dream it, you can become it. Like some sort of a, a, a pep talk, like some sort of a, a rally, a political rally, like, yes, we can. He was saying, if you can dream it, you can become it, because the moment you've dreamed that you've already created something, one thought is real, one idea is tangible. You know, you know that Google has a has a whole department called the moonshot department. Moonshot, which means, you know, the, the impossible dreams. They have a whole department dedicated to, to crazy ideas, to creative thinking, out-of-the-box thinking, like a moonshot, thinking that, okay, let's sit around the table and think of the craziest ideas we can come up with. Because, you know, when, they, when you have that kind of resource financially and that kind of resource intellectually with the kind of brains that they have around the table in, in Google, they know the secret. They know the power of one thought, and if they can just identify what they're trying to achieve, they've already created something amazing. And I think it's not surprising that last week, just last week, Saturday, Shabbos, was the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, of man walking on the moon, something so unthinkable, yet someone had the idea. You know, was it, uh, was it JFK who said that within the decade, Within the decade, we're going to have man walking on the moon. And he did it in July 20th, 1969. He wasn't around to see it, but he made sure, America made sure, somebody came up with that idea. Man's going to walk on the moon, and man indeed walked on the moon. I'm actually very happy to announce right now that Israel is the fourth country in the world to send a uh, mission to the moon. And much smaller than uh, any of the previous three. I think it was America, Russia, and China. But Israel is tiny in comparison to the above four, the, the, above, the previous three. But I'm pretty proud to announce that here at the Chabad, we are going to be welcoming a very special scholar in residence, a special guest this, this December. He is the founder of Space IL, that's Israel's version of NASA, the, the guy that created Israel's space administration and the uh, whole mission to the moon. I'm very excited to announce that Jonathan Weintraub will be speaking here at the Chabad. God willing is one of our exciting scholars and residents through uh, this upcoming season. But that's the power of an idea. This is what it's all about. It's about this Rosh Hashanah, this new year, just 10 weeks away. How are you, how am I going to be implementing our dream this year is this going to be a year just just running the, around that wheel like the hamster on the wheel just doing the rat race and just catching up on our own chasing our own tail or is this going to be the year where we're able to actually make our dreams come true embrace your dreams recognize how real how powerful one thought is and once you had that thought meditate on it think about where you can find a space to follow that dream, an environment to nurture that dream, a mentor to help guide you along that dream, to make it happen.
to make it happen and to bring you to the to to the space where you'll be able to implement your dream this year. And that's why I just wanna wanna encourage our listeners to start this new year on, on a on on the right foot. If you haven't been to Shul, I wanna encourage you to make this new year different. At the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens, we have highly inspired high holiday services, very deep motivational, inspirational messages, ideas to get you started this new year on a high note. And for this reason, I'd like you to consider joining us this year for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, even though you may never have done it before. You may not have been to Shul in five or 10 years, or maybe down here in Florida, you haven't thought of finding yourself a Shul. I wanna encourage you to join us this year at the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens. Start the new year differently. Let's make this year different, and you can do that online at www.jewishgardens.com. That's jewishgardens.com where you can find all the information to register and reserve your seat for this year's high holiday to make this new year totally different, totally unique. So we have a countdown, right? We have how many weeks? Just 10 weeks to go. 10 weeks. And so we have an opportunity to just think, to just dream, and to bring that to an environment that is spiritually friendly. That's what it's all about. Come join us here at the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens. That's jewishgardens.com, jewishgardens.com to start this new year on a high note. Reservations are already open and we'd love to have you join our family. This Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a seat waiting for you. Just register online at jewishgardens.com. Shalom and have a wonderful week.